Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. Hi there. It's a beautiful Thursday morning, May 23rd, 2019 for the Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. He is indeed Tristan. I am merely Eric and joining us today, versatile producer slash researcher Kyle Suppy and our underrated editorial watchdog Tom Carpenter on today's show. Just how good can these rookie hitters be? Tristan's article on innings limits, pitchers for the next week. It is a holiday weekend. Closer carousel with a closer injured. And, of course, as always, myriad hash browns. Tristan, big plans for the uh, big weekend, Memorial Day weekend? Yeah, I'm going to go see a good old minor league game and take in a food truck festival and hope I keep my voice. As you can hear, I've lost it a little bit from yelling with excitement over these uh, 10 Yankee homers against the Orioles each. Last year, I was complaining about the Yankees never beating the Orioles. This year, it's, yeah, another homer. That's ridiculous, honestly, your thing. But also, the Orioles uh, allowing three home runs per game to the Yankees is unbelievable. Yeah. And that I was a my... great stat, the uh, the one about, what is it, four straight games with uh, multi-homers? Yeah. No, no, six straight in the same park. That's hard to believe yeah, that any pitching record. staff, even in this era with the baseball the way it is, and everybody's launch angles, like, Glaber Torres has 10 home runs just against them. Yeah. Just yeah. against them. How yeah. many home runs does Miguel Cabrera have in the season? One? <laughs> and he <laughs> faces he? them. And he just complained. He's like, where'd my power go? <laughs> So the Tigers play the Orioles next week, and I was thinking, if Miguel Cabrera can't double his home run total in the season, then, with the likes of David Hess pitching or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, come on. (laughs) Anyway, um, let's get to all the good stuff. It's the buzz. So before we got to the injuries and the pitchers, I just wanted to talk a little bit about some of these young hitting prospects. We did it on the last show, and our basic, I think, you know, answer was just add them all. But they're still available in so many leagues while guys like Robinson Cano are at 90% rostered. And Cano went on the injury list today. And, and I wrote in my article, you know, when it comes to Cano and Votto, I understand you're an Archer who's so overrated, Chris Archer. I understand, like, yeah, you remember what they did in the past. I would try to keep them rostered a little bit longer. But if, if you have Cano and you see that Michael Chavis or Keston Cure or Brandon Rogers are available in your league, how can you keep Cano rostered now? Yeah. And look, I, I mean, I think it depends on the type of league, which is always the, the angle here. What are you replacing them with? Because you said these players are available in a lot of ESPN 10 team standard leagues and a lot of the 12 team mixed leagues. Absolutely. You may, need to make the swap. You need to get high level stats at any given time. And being impatient with players like Cano and Votto is a perfectly fair strategy in the shallow leagues at this stage. What's the upside here? Um, for those three guys, particularly that I mentioned, Chavez, uh, Chavis, Hura and Rodgers. Rodgers has his first home series this weekend for the Rockies and against the Orioles. Like, how many home runs are they going to hit? Okay. Like, can Chavez be, I don't really know if I'm saying his name right, but you know who I'm talking about. Can he be a top 10 third, a top 10 second baseman this season? Can any of these guys, they're all second basemen now. Chavis, Hura, Rodgers. Any or all be top 10 second basemen. So it's Chavis, because I'm looking it up right now. So now yes. we, we've got him officially. Uh, can he be a top 10 second baseman? Yeah, I, I, I think he could. Now, the 
The reason I'd hesitate to rank him as such is that if you look at the top 10 second basemen and the top 10 shortstops currently, they are really rich positions in talent at that tier. So because they haven't proven it over the lengthy period of time that some of these other players ranked higher than them have, I'm not as apt to put them in there. But based on what Chavis is doing, the depth of the lineup, the influence on turning it over, getting PAs, and therefore runs an RBI for these players, for, for a guy like Chavis, I think, yeah, there's a lot of upside with him. He's, I think he's a must-roster in our game. I, across the board, he's got to be rostered. It's gonna be, that's, that's Jeff Kent. He's going to hit 25 homers and knock in 90. Right? That's what Chavis is going to do. 90 is going to be tough based on what's remaining. That's sixth in a great deep lineup. I maybe yeah. not, maybe 80, but like Hura apparently has point, more, though, more power than I've been expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, people are saying Hura is definitely a like a 20 home run guy, and Rogers in that ballpark, and I think he can steal some bases. I just it's amazing to me how much talent came up in the past week, and they're still like available in so many leagues. Go get these guys. You know what? If you want to drop Joey Votto because you can get Chavis, do it. And Cano, I. I have a trade off of Cano that's been on the table for a month in a league. And really? I don't like what's coming back to me. Mm-hmm. But what am I going to do with oh, I care about Robbie Cano in a keeper league? I, I should just get rid of him right now. I'm going to make the trade right now. The guys I'm wow. getting don't excite me at all. Who's lazy enough to leave a trade offer out for a month? Well, a month? Oh, <laughs> man. You may not even realize it's still an offer. Anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> actually, there, there are a couple cases I've seen. I better seen do where, it before he remembers. He yeah, they could sit. Here in Rogers. Does it bother you at all that here is missing a lot? It's a little early, so I know. I, I know it is, but it, it's. It, but it's who just, cares if he is? Like I, the reason why strikeouts matter is it's hard to hit for a high batting average. But I feel like here with one walk and thirteen strikeouts and thirty three at bats, yes, that's a little bit disconcerting. But I think that's going to get better. Like I don't think he's going to oh, strike out though. I don't I think he'll strike. He's not a walker at all. He's like Astadio to some degree. He's going to make contact. He's not going to strike out this much. He's but... not Mondesi with that. He walks more than than oh, every, you do. Everybody walks more than Mondesi. <laughs> That's not the same thing. Well, anyway. yeah, but 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 the point being that there's reasons to pump the brakes, which we said on the show on Monday that that we we can't get carried away with 300 batting average, 20 homer expectations for Hiura. I mean, there, there's going to be a little bit of, of, of adjustment that needs to be made. And while I think he's certainly worth adding, I don't want to get carried away. I don't want to get carried away with Rodgers. There's a possibility that Brendan Rodgers is really only useful in the course game, like a, uh, course games, like a lot of the Rockies hitters. Ever so briefly, your innings cap article went up earlier this week. It's fantastic, as always. It's an annual thing. There are rookie pitchers named here as well. What's your stance, in a general sense, on guys like Paddock, Chris Paddock, Mike Soroka? These are rookies that are not going to be pitching 30, 30 times a season. But do you enjoy the good stuff and then not trade them, miss your opportunity, or do you try to trade them right away? I, I would try, I would certainly try to float the names out there to see what you're getting in return. And I find that in a lot of the more competitive leagues, people are not going to give you adequate value. That's why in this column, one of the differences was in the past I would give you the list. This one, I actually gave you trade targets where I think that I would make those trades for those particular players. In Paddock's case, you and I have debated him a lot. I feel like he has the potential to be a top 20 starter, even with the limited innings. So you should be getting a very clear top 20 option who's not going to be absent during your head-to-head playoffs. That's the key here, is that if you're going to miss time from these players in September, I remember Luis Castillo a couple years ago. I remember the Reds shutting him down early. That that really hurts in the head-to-head leagues. Then by all means, make the trade. So I'm more aggressive in that than I am in like a seasonal roto, for example. 
Injuries. I wrote an article saying Chris Davis of the Athletics had to replace him, and then the Athletics actually did not replace him. They changed their mind. He might go on the injured list this weekend. Just watch. I wish they would just do it already and give him 10 days off. Uh, that would be nice. But any concerns about Chris Davis, the good one, for the rest of the season, or is this just a blip? It's driving me crazy. This is like the Devin Mesoraco thing where they kept him on the roster for 20, 20 days or something before DLing him. And you know, it's frustrating to his fantasy managers. I get it. Uh, I don't have major concerns. I think that with a little bit of rest, I agree with you. Put him on the 10-day, give him the 10 days off. I think he comes back and he's his usual self. Who hits more home runs the rest of the season, Chris Davis, the good one, or Giancarlo Stanton? Uh, Chris Davis, the good one. How many home runs does Stanton hit? Uh, this is starting to bother me. It, it's... Yeah, it's beyond starting. I'm, I'm, I'm aggravated. Uh, I feel, I moved him down in my rankings yesterday and I feel like I didn't move him down as much as I should. I should have moved him another 50 spots because I'm getting very concerned. This is, this is now a, a chain of three setbacks, if I'm not mistaken. He was on the injured list. In fact, the past two were for other things than the thing that caused the setback. That's a problem. I think if you get anything more than 15 home runs from him the rest of the way, you gotta be happy. And D. Gordon, if you get any more than 15 steals, are you happy? Or is this just a blip, too, like Chris Davis, and he's back in 10 days? Uh, I mean, I think it's a little bit more than a blip. We'll put it that way. But, I mean, in this case, I think that's going to be kind of an unpredictable scenario. When you need red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m., and ibuprofen at 10 a.m., post made it. Postmate is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service, all year round. Anything you are craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery, and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code FOCUS. That's code FOCUS. For $100 off free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it, download Postmates, and save with code FOCUS. What I need is Chris Davis to play, but I don't think Postmates <laughs> can do that. No. Um, let's <laughs> but we wish he could. We wish they could. <laughs> we wish they could. Here are the combo meals of the past couple of days. Hey, it's a combo meal! Looks like we got five of them since our last show. Um, Raphael Devers, who is emerging as a star. Uh, Devers or Chavez, rest of the season? Devers. Really? Yep. I think I like Chavez more than you. I like both I, I would players say De- a lot. Devers runs a little more. Well, runs more. Um, all right, so it wasn't I, just... I, I think Devers' metrics really intrigue me, and, and it, your buy-low window, I would presume, has closed at this point, but there is the slight possibility it has not, and if, you, if, it ha, if, if, it, if it's still open, go get him, top 10 third baseman. I don't have any hesitation. JT Realmoto, you don't see too many catchers doing this. Hanser Alberto. That's um, the catcher to do it, though, Realmuto. Oh, He's yeah. quick enough. He's quick enough. Uh, Mookie Betts on Wednesday, and Colton Wong. 
who got off to a great start and then kind of quieted down. Anything to say about anybody I just mentioned? I have a trade offer for Colin Wong, but I don't think I'm going to take it. <laughs> what is it? Do discuss. The, uh, the auto new one, I got offered Manny Machado and Wong for uh, Chris Sale and I think uh, uh, Jorge Soler. If you trade Chris Sale... I don't think I can do it. Manny Machado is a fifty-one dollar player in that, and and you gotta—I mean, you gotta admit he has. So some... you would trade Sale if the right offer came along. Oh yeah, if the right offer came along, right, me, but it I, hasn't. Let's just stop the show and let me go to my page and see if I can make you an offer. <laughs> um, let's. You think I'm done, and I think I'm not. So who said, and who said you're done? You did. Do you have? Did I say it on the show? Do you have yep, like proof that I did? Oh, I'll go back and get the tape if you want. You yeah, declared no me tape. done. The show like disintegrates when it ends anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, let's talk saves here. Let's here's the carousel. The, the closer, closer carousel. Oh no! Wade Davis is on the injured list. That's an oblique strain. You know Scott Oberg is better than Wade Davis. Now I'm not saying that Oberg is going to get saves when Davis comes back. It's pretty clear what the hierarchy here is. But uh, since the start of last season, Scott Oberg has been really good, and Wade Davis has been kind of average. Uh, the Rockies are saying this is a minor injury, but obliques don't take 10 days. They take like four weeks, don't they? So I guess they're all different, but Stefania would tell us they're all different. But um, don't drop Wade Davis. He's still capable of saving 40 games a season. That Do you be- honestly believe Oberg's a better pitcher than Davis? Well, the numbers say he is. <laughs> Gets ground balls. Strikeout rate is there. ERA, whip, K rate. Um, everything I see with Scott Oberg tells me he's really underrated. And he everything he I see with Wade bats. What do you mean doesn't miss bats? Oberg? He doesn't get 14 Ks per nine, but neither does Wade Davis. Wade Wade Davis Davis is over 10, though. Okay, but... I see your point on... Look, Oberg is getting a lot of hate, and I don't understand it. Oberg is... You're giving him the hate. He's he's good. I'm not giving him anywhere near the hate that people... I've seen a couple people tweet about this. Maybe it was more than a couple people questioning Oberg stepping in as the closer. Oberg's been their eighth inning guy this year. I don't understand why people still think that eighth inning pitchers can't pitch the ninth inning. Do really people still believe this? Do managers actually believe this this lunacy? Perhaps. I, I mean, look, you know, and Brian, granted, Brian, Brian Shaw, since we have to mention the name, has been pretty decent in the seventh and oh, occasionally eighth too. Brian but, Shaw closing. Uh, he's All pitched. Right. I'm just saying he's pitched okay. I'm not excited by any of these replacements, but I don't think Davis is as terrible as people make him out to be, and I don't think Oberg is quite as good as people make him out to be. I just don't think Oberg has elite stuff, but he's been a very good pitcher this year. Okay. Um, the Rangers, the last two days, Sean Kelly, who had a little scare health-wise, and then comes off the injury list and saves two games. <laughs> I, you know, we talk about Jose LeClerc. We've talked about him more than his five saves warrant on the season. Are you keeping him rostered, or are you adding Sean Kelly? Uh, the, the roster context will drive this, but I would prefer to keep LeClerc if I'm speculating for the entirety of the rest of the year. I would too, but I, you know, we're going to June at the end of next week and there's still nothing. I know. <laughs> you know. Like, I understand Texas wants to be careful here anyway. Let's, it's let's, very easy to make the Kelly case here, but I don't it, think we've seen a lot. It's not easy. Time. It's easy to make the short-term case, but he's never stayed healthy for like more than 40 innings. And I just, I mean, I'm sure he has for more than 40 technically, but the point is like, there's always something with this guy. But and, philosophically you know, speaking for saves, wouldn't you rather just go with the known today? Especially in this environment, yeah. I, I mean, Kelly's never made it to sixty innings. I, I, I just but don't, it, I don't. It, it s- might be worth taking him now and just riding, even if it's a week or four weeks. All right. So Sean Kelly or Scott Oberg, you you have one open slot for the next two weeks. Say Kelly, and I don't think that's very close. 
Oh my God. I don't think it's, I think it's exactly the opposite. Oberg is clearly Colorado's closer for the next two weeks where Sean Kelly literally might not get today's save chance instead of Leclerc. Well, I mean, he's pitched a fair amount over the past couple of days. So I would agree with you about today. However, well, I don't agree with, well, I obviously Kelly's he can't a, get the save today. They're not playing today, but well, that too. <laughs> I don't think that's right at all. I would rather roster Oberg. Colorado has basically said Oberg is their closer while Davis is out. Whereas Kelly, their manager saying is not the closer because Leclerc's going to get it. Okay. We'll see what happens. Actually, you know, if you want to go through this weekend on Oberg, I don't have a problem with it because if I recall, they're playing Baltimore at home. They yeah, do. I said that earlier in the yep. show. You probably yeah. weren't listening when yeah. I said it, but that's I probably okay. was. They are only at home for the next two weeks. Is that you said Detroit. I heard you say Detroit. I did not hear you say I Colorado. Said, <laughs> I said Baltimore's in Colorado at the end of the Yankee thing. I, I don't expect you to listen to the show. I, I'm, I'm being serious. Like, like everybody listening is like, oh, they hate each other. No, 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 no. He <laughs> just doesn't. He doesn't listen to anything, like ever. So I we get, we sort of shared a turkey leg, you know, the other day. So we did I mean, not share it at all. You ate a hundred percent of the turkey leg. You ate. All right. I was don't really tell people that. Oh, now we we did you, share fried Oreos. Yeah, you you know what? You goaded me into that. We went to the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs with some friends, and our friends at Baseball Info Solutions were there, and another friend from the industry was there, and um. You were like, I dare you to eat more than one Oreo, fried Oreo. Now, an Oreo is not the size of a big cookie. So I can eat a full Oreo. But it was fried. And your so wallet like situation is a joke. Like a twice joke. the size. My what? Fix that. Your wallet. That's awful. You can't just pile oh, all your money on. into your wallet <laughs> all right. with no clue where it is. Tell, you, you have, now you got to tell. you got to tell Kyle. you got to tell Tom. And we'll I'll see where tell we everybody. Go You're ahead. nuts. Do it. He Do opens it. his wallet. He has no idea what bills are where. Like, they're all over the place, scattered. They're <laughs> oh, folded. Man. There are no discernible order whatsoever. Yeah. My wallet. Now, maybe I'm going a little too far, I'll admit. But in my wallet, the ones are in the front, then the fives, then Facing the twenties. the same way. Yeah. They're all the same of way. Of course. Same section. He unfolds the, same the corners. No, Kyle the, gets it. I'm a little too close to it, but I'm Kyle like gets it, Tristan. You I open do. your wallet and there's like a donkey in there. You have no idea where the bills are. That's wrong. <laughs> but that's wrong. fun. Then I can, then, then it's like magical when you find the 20 between the two ones. Then it takes like 15 minutes to find the bill you want, whereas I know exactly, I don't even have to open my wallet and look. I know where the $1 bill is. The best is. part the has to be the, the guy who yes. Serves us the fried Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> Looks at me We're like I'm insane. This. He's like, you're crazy, man. Yeah, and he wasn't talking to you. <laughs> he thought you were crazy for yes. an organized wallet. Yes, I know. Is that nuts, Kyle? Yeah, Come on. That's, I, I don't think you can go back to this place. Well, I am going to go back. I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> the best ballpark in the minor leagues, Coca-Cola Field in uh, Allentown. But, and you uh, enjoyed those Oreos. Oh, they were so good. <laughs> he ate, I, I want to tell everybody he ate two Oreos. I ate I, one. You know what? I'm tired of you. I'm, I'm proud you of week, you. And I don't want to see you again. Hold on. Standing O. I'm off next week. I, you know, what's wrong with you? Like, honestly, like, how do you, how do you find anything? You don't listen to anything? <laughs> Pictures for the next week. Do you want to see what my desk looks like right now? I've got a, I've got a couple of like grocery bags here, and I still don't know how they got there. <laughs> Are they still full with groceries like that? You might have to get those in the fridge. No, 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 no. They're all empty. I took everything out. There might be a couple receipts in them. It's, I also got my big box of baseball guy figures. That's it's irresponsible cool. to keep a bad wallet, and you are irresponsible. Hey, Costanza kept that big There's a Seinfeld wallet? episode. Yeah, if anything's come up, it's a Seinfeld episode. Then it's a true problem. The show's going to end, and we haven't gotten to pictures for the next. Yeah, week. yeah, yeah. But, okay, but okay. this is important stuff. Okay, <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> I, I did listen when you declared me out not a new, so we'll be, I'll be getting my revenge now. <laughs> I'm not catching you. I, I Probably not. Oh, but now you're out of it. Okay. So. No, I'm not out of it, but I might not catch you. You're like an eight or nine hundred points ahead of me. <laughs>
It seems like a lot. Uh, ESPN Plus on Thursday, if you're listening early, has Aaron Noah and John Lester at Wrigley Field. Phillies need a split here. Uh, Lester's better than people think, better than people rank. I rank him fine anyway if you don't want John Lester on your team. Don't bother. But the big matchup, I think, is Lucas Giolito and Corbin Martin. And um, Giolito, the White Sox, has been striking everybody out. And Corbin Martin is the hotshot rookie on baseball's best team. Which one of these pitchers would you prefer to roster today and for the rest of the season? Ooh, uh, I think I would speculate on Giolito for the rest of the season, and there's a no way for him today. I'd take Martin today. I don't think I would leave active Giolito. Unless... I can't. Can you make any case for him against Houston? Is a terrifying matchup, especially on their Houston field. leads the majors in in every you know. <laughs> Like in batting Those average, on base, slugging, they killed lefties, which Giolito's not, but he's facing like David Price this weekend. I don't know if I want Price, Redwater, or Rigo's active for those games. Anyway, that big series starts on Friday. It's Boston at Houston. Sale and Wade Miley. Wow, talk about a difference in two lefties. Um, but Sale, you leave active. David Price and Eduardo Rodriguez against Houston, maybe not so much. That's just I, my I might play Price, but I see your point. It's, it's scary matchups for all three. Other pitchers to watch this weekend. Um, Pablo Lopez at Washington. That seems like a good streaming opportunity. Nationals are underachieving for sure. Unpredictable guy. You know what dawned upon me with Lopez is with that Mets game we talked about the other day that reiterated the point about pitchers getting the advantage on the repeat matchup. Uh, I would agree with that. Um, ESPN Plus later has Wade LeBlanc, who you don't want, against Daniel Mengden, who I also say you don't want. Not a strikeout guy at all. Seattle's have been in the tank for a month, but I don't. You don't want Daniel Mengden on your team. I mean, if you need a streamer for Friday, man, I don't know I though. I've got that mustache league where he'll be he'll be a top pick, elite. Yeah. I mean, Chase Anderson against Philly. Um, I guess you Trent can. Thornton against San Diego. Yeah, that, that one. Sense. Trent Thornton has been better than you think. That's yeah. I wanted to say Jeff Hoffman at home, but it's at Coors against Baltimore. I don't really want that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even with Baltimore, yeah, I can't. I just... Saturday night, the the top 20 pitcher that no one knew about Mike Miner uh, on ESPN plus at the angels. Uh, well, field permitting and <laughs> a rain out the third rain out in like a de- in like a hundred years at the angels yesterday. Uh, Mike Miner's pretty good. Um, yeah. Cal Quantrill and Edwin Jackson in Toronto. Do you want Cal Quantrill active for that one? No, but I would want him if I have to pick between the two. Well, that's not what I asked. <laughs> no, um, it's not. But I, <laughs> I can you? I, I can't make the Cal Quantrill case. I need some evidence at this. Cal level. Quantrill or Mike Fires as a stream. Fires at home against Seattle. Uh, fires. Okay. Ballpark for one. Uh, Seattle's run a little bit colder lately, so that offense doesn't scare me quite as much. Joe Musgrove at home against the Dodgers. Uh, Dodgers are a scary matchup. I mean, yeah, you well. Yeah, I can't even make the case you've got the park factor there because the Dodger lefty power bats could handle him. Uh, Sunday, Chris Paddock is at Toronto. You want him active. Um, Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN, Julio Tehran and Jack Flaherty. Tehran's probably a little underrated. Is Flaherty overrated? He is behind. He is the number 58 starting pitcher on the player rate. You and I both loved him, made him a top 20 guy before the season. Is he a bit overrated? Are we expecting things he can't do? We might, but I love that slider, and I'm going to say he's got better odds of shaving a run off the area than keeping it at its current number. Other top guys, Caleb Smith at Washington. Caleb Smith's legit, top 10 in the ERA. Brandon Woodruff is doing really well, a lot of strikeouts at home against the Phillies, two guys to get there. What Um, do you think of Caleb Smith to dig deeper in that? He was in the innings pitch column, and you remember my reaction about that Marlins game the other day, which you've brought up the win potential. 
he he's not winning ten games probably. You you remember I I mean have you seen me get that mad about losing that win for him? I don't know that why you do brutal. that. Yeah, it's still. I mean, yeah, it get stinks. The wins he can get. Yeah, it, it stinks. It stinks, and it, it really happens. wasn't Sergio Romo's fault. But like, I think Caleb Smith could end up a top twenty starting pitcher based on ERA, WHIP, and strikeouts, if not the wins. And by the way, Sergio Romo's I, like no team is trading for him. He's going to end up with twenty five plus saves. He really is. You know that's a good point. They, that could that could be the Sean Green of this year, where Shane nobody's going to bite. Yeah, Shane Green. Sean Green Shane, hit a bunch of homers. <laughs> <laughs> Shane Green's going to get traded because somebody will think, "Oh, now he's good." Like he's a Mets. That's such a Mets thing to do. Um, <laughs> Monday, no show, by the way, but there's lots of day action, including a triple header on ESPN. The first game, Jose Urania and Max Scherzer. So the game started one. So I would recommend Monday morning or Sunday night, get your lineups in. Yep. If you do it at 105, it's too late. Uranian Scherzer starts the day. Midday, it's uh, Cleveland at Boston, Jeffrey Rodriguez and Rick Porcello. Uh, and Porcello is pitching well enough to be a top 50 starting pitcher for sure. He's Tyler great. Chatwood did win yesterday's yeah. game. Give him credit. 3-0. <laughs> and maybe somehow he finds a rotation spot. He, his command has been fine, actually. He's throwing the ball in the right places, whatever change been, he made. He's been pretty useful. Yep. It's it's important to have a a middle reliever who can go three or four innings, and not all teams have that. And Chatwood's pretty valuable for the Cubs, actually. I mean, Cole Hamels just didn't have it yesterday. Uh, and then the night game, Jake Degrom and Clayton Kershaw. Wow, good stuff there. Oh, that's gonna be good. Gotta watch that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Any here? A couple other names briefly. Chris Bassett of Oakland. Any interest at all? He's a two start guy next week. Um. Yeah, the, the the control in this past outing did bother me enough that I'm going to move him down in the grades for next week, but I would start him. Yeah. Um, and the other guy, Brad Keller, who pitched really well yesterday but has not had a good season. His uh, first outing of the week is at the White Sox. Is there interest there? I, I did like him this season, and then I kind of dropped him in a few leagues. Yeah, the, oh, whoop, I'm looking at the wrong team there. Okay, so, you know, no, I am looking at the right team. The second one is in Texas, so he's got two homer-friendly ballparks, and the Texas one is a treacherous matchup. So I'll pass. Hunter Pence or Michael Chavis for the rest oh, of the season? Oh, jeez. Bassett plays Houston in the second outing, by the way. Yeah, that's bad. Ooh. Uh, anyway, uh, Pence and what was the other part? Chavis. Chavis. But Hunter Pence is legit. Like, this is, this He's is legit. This is but, legit. But that comes down to, um, and, and everybody's gotten in this debate. Do you stay, thinks Hunter Pence stay, Hunter Pence stays healthy for the 162? That's fair, but I, I guess. But he's hitting so well that I, I, I think he's a top forty outfielder, top fifty outfielder right now. Hunter Pence. If Don't you you're have to take the optimist approach, that might even be underrating it. Tuesday, next Tuesday, um, uh, Frankie Montas of Oakland. You like him, I assume, but he can't keep this up. So Montas versus Caleb Smith. Caleb Smith, and that's not even close. Oh, that's, that's not close either. I think they're. Uh, where do you have? I want to know where you have them. I, I frankly, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know my rankings are up. I'm just saying, like Montas, that ERA can't stay there for either guy, probably. So I'm gonna be having a piece coming up next. I think it's yeah, late next week on uh, a long term look at the schedule. And one thing that dawned about me, in addition to the innings cap thing, which Montas was on, is the Athletics have one of the worst schedules from this point to the All Star break. I mean, toughest schedules. Toughest, yes, for pitchers. Worst for pitchers. Okay. Yes. Awful schedule for Frankie Montes coming up. Okay. Well, that's a problem. Yep. So oh, sell, you know sell, sell, sell. What's not a problem is the hash browns, and that's coming up next. All right. 
sir. Yeah. What do we got? We got a bunch of questions. Sean's wondering if you're buying the growth from Jorge Polanco, are we overdue for some serious regression? Man, he looks great. Where does he rank on the Raider? Let me check this out because quite well, I'm sure. I would assume he does um, among hitters. Is, is he top ten? I mean, he's not running. I don't um, think he's top 29th. ten. Yeah, twenty ninth. That's um, that's hitters among or everybody. That's among everybody, including no. That's just, no, that's just batters. That's just batters. Okay. But Jorge Polanco is ahead of, among others, Anthony Rendon, Carlos Correa, um, J.D. Martinez, Rizzo, Hanager, Pete Alonso, who everyone loves. He's having a good year. Is there anything in Polanco's numbers that scare you and would tell you that to sell high? Yep. 372 BABIP ties to, uh, what is it, 23.5 ground ball rate. So he's putting the ball in the air. It's very difficult to sustain that kind of BABIP off those numbers. That said... If you have an, a near 12% rise in your fly ball rate, the power could be underrated, so we could be trading some of the batting average for power going forward. He is currently at 8 home runs and 339 batting average. I would say the rest of the year he hits about 280. But I think he can end up over 20 home runs, like 23 home runs. That sounds okay. The final number? I'll say he ends up at um, around 300, which means he hits probably like 275, 280 the rest of the year. And uh, he ends up around 23 home runs. So that's 15 more home runs. He's not, not a base stealer. So that hurts him for uh, value. So he's probably a sell high because that 339 batting average is just way out of whack. You're almost dead on with a lot of the traditional projection systems for the rest of the year. I would agree with that. I think there might be more reason for optimism. And in fact, the projection systems say he will run more than he has. Not a lot. Won't get to 10. But he could chip in a he's couple of He's not a steals. good base stealer. He was no. 7 out of 14 last year. That's So maybe like Rocco's like, hey, don't run. Fair point. And maybe he does finish with one or two steals. So, I, I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a star, but but he's a good player. Did you see that Joey Votto at bat against Zach Davies the other day? No, I did not. He, like, walked around the batter's box, stepped out a few times, like, didn't look like he wanted to be there. And then he got in there, and it was like he was swinging, like, a, like a tennis racket to the side. If he was concussed, <laughs> like, it wouldn't have surprised me. Yeah, like, something was wrong. Like... I'm I'm going to start looking to trading Votto and my labor NL. I'm I'm winning NL labor with Votto doing this, and I'm thinking, yeah, if I can get a safe hitter now and like a, a starting pitcher, I gotta. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if I can. Like everybody else is an industry expert. Like who, who's trading for Joey thing. Votto? I don't think you're going to get much of anything for him. By the way, everybody hit Zach Davis yesterday except Joey Votto. Well, since yeah. did. Now we knew Zach Davis wasn't going to keep an ERA of 180. But I st- and I know you don't like him. He doesn't strike people out. All the numbers say his FIP should be du- his FIP is double. But like I've got him in both Tout and Labor, and I'm like I don't expect him to have an ERA of 180 the rest of the year. I'm expecting like 350. But on that team, he wins 15, you know, 15 games. Could yeah, based on the runs. He's not board. leaving the rotation. Zach Davies outpitches his peripherals because he puts the ball where he wants it. I've got him in Tout NL. I agreed with you. you. took him with, I believe, your first-round pick in Labor NL, which I thought was a great pick. In the reserve round. Amazed. Nobody's first-round pick. It was like a 24th-round pick. But right. yes. I, I was amazed that he made it into the reserve draft. And in fact, that was that maximized your ability to use him because you can avoid any of the really bad matchups. I have to sit him next week so I can keep Cal Quantrill rostered. But that's okay. Uh, Davies. Let's see who Davies plays next week. It He's, almost doesn't matter. I, I, I would lose. No, Quantrill. Minnesota on the road. So yeah, you're, you luck out he, there. Yeah, all right. Next, uh, next question, sir. Gordon plays in a 12 team roto league. He wants to know if he still has to hold on to Will Myers or if it's okay to cut ties now. I mean, 
whenever anybody says they want to cut ties with a player who's really struggling, Votto, Cano, Myers, I mean, it's up to you. It's your These are your teams. The guy's batting two twenty eight, and I can't tell you that that Will Myers is going to hit two eighty the rest of the year. Like he's a guy I would have expected to bat like two fifty this season. But why he was intriguing is he he's a, even last year he was on a pace for like twenty five homers and twenty five steals. He's Ian Desmond of the outfield. That's why you keep Will Myers because he piles on enough homers and steals to matter. And right now he ain't doing that, but he can start doing that tomorrow. So if you drop him, it's is, is there a difference to you between Myers and Desmond? Um, it's kind of a fair comp, I think. It, yeah, Myers because Myers is in this theoretical prime. He's twenty eight in five months. I'd be more apt to go in that direction, but Desmond does have the park. Myers has third base, which you may not use him there, but it's helpful. Yeah, that is helpful. But I, I'm at the look. It's June next week. If you want to drop Will Myers, it depends who you're picking up. Like, don't do it to pick up Rajay Davis. But if you're picking up Brendan <laughs> Rodgers, then yeah, Rajay's going to play. There's nobody in that outfield. No, I'm I'm kidding. There's no way I do that. But that's the thing. This is it. I'm sorry to, to, to nitpick the question here, but this is the incorrect way to ask the question. If you want to cut the player, it has to do with what you're replacing them with. And if you need that spot and that's who you're letting go, then all right. But if you are cutting him for Rajay Davis, that's of course that's foolish. Tristan admonishing the listeners. What's that but, about? But because we get asked this a lot about letting a player go, and it always has to go hand in hand with what they're getting replaced with, doesn't it? Of course it does. It's just a nicer way to say it. He called you a jerk last <laughs> week. He's tearing down he the listeners now. He I mean, did call me man. a jerk. Oh, geez. I don't. I don't. Uh, well, he bought the Oreos, but like, I still like. I, I didn't forgive him right yeah, away. Yeah, made it. I made up for it. Even I mean, it I took got 15 you. minutes to pay for right, it yeah, because you, you couldn't find you any of the dollar all the bills. Good with the wallet situation. <laughs> and then the worst was that I was the guy who then remembered. Oh, I forgot to order that other thing. Could oh, you? Have and we got to go back to the wallet. Yeah, he really didn't like us. That guy. You're, you're, you're kind of a hot mess. I gotta say, like, well, have you met me? <laughs> I mean, come on, you've known me for how long now? I don't want to admit it. Um, let me. Uh, let you've me. You've known read... me for negative seven years. We're both twenty-five. It's been, you know, it's been a long run. Hopefully, I read this in a way that makes you proud, Tristan. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? It is as if they're so big, they can get away with not caring about the customer experience. So what if their site's annoying and doesn't have the events you want? Hello, status quo. The real question is, how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? Well, with millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you are looking for all in one place. In an industry that tends to stagnate, SeatGeek decided to stand out from the crowd. They built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. Now, why is SeatGeek better than the rest? A quick look at the app store shows more than 50,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. How's that for customer satisfaction? SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web, then it rates each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. Finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map, and it breaks down the details. Green dots mean good deals, and red dots are overpriced. And every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets with confidence. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use the promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code FFB for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code FFB for $10 off on your first purchase. Matt, 
rings in through Twitter. He's been paced this season by Tim Anderson and Caleb Smith outperforming his expectations. What sort of production can he count on the rest of the way because he can't sell high on either one right now? Well, I think the window on selling high on Tim Anderson probably passed, right? Um, He hasn't stolen a base in nine days. He hasn't homered in 11 days. Uh, The batting average is still there, but it seems unlikely that anybody will bat 322 with six walks in 44 games. Now, what's probably going to happen here is that Tim Anderson hits about 240 the rest of the year. But in an Ian Desmond type of way, the power and steel should be there. But I'd rather roster Tim Anderson than Desmond and Will Myers, and so would you. Yes. Yes, I would. But this is a guy that might be a trouble <laughs> in your batting average for the final four months. Like a lot of trouble. Right. And I've taken a fair amount of heat for where I ranked Tim Anderson. And I think he's had a good year. But this was always a case of a, a regression candidate. <laughs> I agree with you. I, I I could see that batting average happening. I'll point out that Steamer and Zips actually don't think that he's going to hit that low. They have him at the 260 tier. And, so maybe, and you know maybe what? it's not disastrous. Even if he bats 240 the rest of the year, if he ends up with 25 home runs and 30 stolen bases, nobody will care. Right. That would be a great finish, and in which case, go ahead and stick with him. When I see those two names, I, I'd be more worried about Smith than I would Anderson in terms of completely falling apart. I fear you're going to either lose a portion of the year from Smith because of the workload, or you run the risk of diminished effectiveness because he's tired late. You know that the only player with more stolen bases is that Alberto Mondesi. Combined, Mondesi yeah. and Anderson have 18 walks yeah. and 91 strikeouts. Well, that, that's pretty good for Mondesi. That would mean he has twice as many as Anderson. <laughs> Weird. Weird it's stuff. so strange to see two guys who are not great on-base specialists doing this in that stolen base category. It's unusual. I've really enjoyed Gerard Dyson in NL Labor. 12 out of 13 in steals. He basically has D, D. Gordon's numbers. D. Gordon is rostered in like 95% of ESPN Standard. Gerard Dyson is rostered in 10. They have the exact same numbers. Dyson plays a lot less, has right. more runs scored, same steals, batting average is fine. I think Dyson's a little underrated here. Now, in a points league, you don't need Gerard Dyson in a points league. Let's make that clear. Or Billy Hamilton. Well, yeah. I mean, but like in a roto league, you still got to kind of keep Billy Hamilton rostered. He has nine steals. He can steal 30. What do you feel about Anderson in a points league, by the way? I feel I don't want him. Yeah, that's what I feel like. I mean, there's just no walks. Like, in a points league, I really do try to avoid anybody who doesn't walk. Okay? I I really do. Like... I'm trying to find guys, like, the list of guys who strike out and don't walk at all. And, like, Jorge Soler, um, Will Myers, these are guys with, like, single, like, under 20 walks. Brandon Lau, you know, is being dropped in a lot of league. He batted ninth yesterday. Why is Brandon Lau batting ninth? It's not a major slump. Um, you know, Makata's walk rate is kind of stalled. Mm-hmm. I think Makata's not hitting 281 the rest of the year, I gotta tell you. Mm-hmm. More like 240. Anyway. Yeah. That's one man's opinion. Next. Tim Anderson has five times as many at-bats as Mike Ford and two fewer walks this year. That's just, it's hard to do that. Oh, man. Mike Ford, wow. There's Mike a name. Ford. 
You were talking about Lau, Eric. <laughs> DJ is thinking about giving up on Cano, as we mentioned earlier. Eric's got him ranked a little higher than Tristan. Can you discuss his value compared to Lau and Ardour the rest of the way? I rank Cano too high. Um, well, we, you also didn't he also know he was going to go on the DL. Yeah, IL. Like, I would have assumed that Cano... What was a reasonable expectation for Cano this season? Like a two ninety, a two eighty batting average with twenty homers and ninety RBI. That was a reasonable expectation. Yep. He ain't doing that now. Nope. Why is that? Why is, is, is he hit a wall? Like last year in half a season, and that was after coming back from the suspension, which you could say would sap his power and whatever. It didn't. He batted over three hundred last year. He walked. He had ten home runs in eighty games. I thought it was reasonable to expect he would bat two eighty with twenty home runs. Now. I hope this doesn't turn into a Cespedes type situation. And the Mets have him for like five more years. My God, that trade looks bad. Yeah. I was asking a Mets fan the other day because we were watching their outfield play and it was literally Rajai Davis, Gregor Blanco and, and Tim Tebow playing the outfield for the Mets and they're triple A. Yeah. And I said to this Mets fan, all right, it was Mark Simon used to work at ESPN. Good guy. Great guy. And he has a good podcast too. Check it out. And I said to him, do you not have any Mets prospect outfitters in your system? Yeah. And his answer was no. Colette, the best one is in Seattle. Like, how about that, huh? Yeah. And speaking and, and of he the, had two homers yesterday, I think it was. Oh no, no, he homered in consecutive games or several games in a row. Yeah, that they they and <laughs> they they only have two natural outfielders, if I recall, on their out, on their current major league roster. Well, they're going to play goals. J.D. Davis in left field now because they love Todd Frazier. And more he's than not they a natural outfielder. That's exactly right. It. But he's like, going to play every day, and right. like I'm going to. I think JD Davis might have something there. Although he's I not, think you're right. Not a walker, but anyway, speaking Can of I'll... the fantasy industry, um, get well soon to our friend Jason Collette. Yes. Had a little accident there. Yes. Oh my. All right. Next question. Eric's in a points league and he can only play one of these three the rest of the way. He's got Hunter Dozier, Brendan Rogers, or Nick Sanzel. Who do you like most? Oh my God. Huh. Wow. I mean, Senzel, I would rank them Senzel, Rogers, and then Dozier. But all three need to be rostered, don't they? Senzel is going to be a fantastic player. He steals bases. He has power. He leads off, scores runs. Um, Brendan Rodgers, I think, is going to be good, but I know Senzel is good. And Dozier, obviously, can't hit for this batting average all season long. But, like, if you look at his walk numbers and what he's swinging at, his O-swing percentage is, is much better. Like, he made changes in his swing that are showing. Hunter Dozier might end up hitting, like, 25 to 30 homers and batting 280. Right. I I think I would have the exact same order as you. I think, and, and we'll see if you agree, I think they're fairly close in this format. So I would lean on the matchups. I will point out that Kansas City has an incredibly good grade uh, series of matchups next week. Three at, uh, three at uh, what, what are they, uh, U.S. Cellular Field, <laughs> whatever they call Chicago's field now, and then the four at Globe Life Park. <laughs> God forbid which, I remember my park names. Which I will be checking out soon. Um, uh, yes, you're going to have to give me a report on that. All right, what's next? Joe Keem writes in, he wants a name game for Jerks and Profar. Everybody wants to hear a name game. Hidley Hodley. Diddly Doolittle. What? The Dilly of a Pickle. Diddly Doodly Ned Flanders. Dilly Wall. The Dilly of a Pickle. I say Diddly Doodly Da Da Da. The Dilly of a Pickle. We can't do the drop. With all the Dilly Lottily Delight Birds. The Dilly of a Pickle. Come on. 
done. Hibbly dibbly do, whatever, you know. That's an even dillier of a pickle. You just dilly dallied your way into another thing. Got a name for you. I'm Sultan of Stat. Bro Stat. Dog Stat. I have kids of Stat. Hamster of Stat. Wife Stat. Goldfish of Stat. Mrs. of Stat. Something's wrong with you. I want to play a little game of Trash Tristan here. Tristan, trash is Tristan. Yeah, 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 it all went bad. Are you singing that? We're having an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Oh man! So, um, Jerks and Profar is back on the most added list. He has homered three times over the past week, and uh, and knocked in seven runs. So that's nice. Batting and- average is up to two hundred. Uh, why? Why do we care about Jerks and Profar? Last year, he had twenty home runs, and he's eligible at each of the four infield spots. And he might be the only guy there doing that. Uh, I think Marwin also does. Marwin might I think also. he has five different positions. But yeah, qualifies at all four infield positions as well as uh, podcast producer, I've, he- I've heard. He is Watch he's not as versatile as Kyle. Close. Kyle's more versatile than Jerkson Profar. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, Are you more versatile than Marwin, though, with the outfield eligibility, too? You know. Yeah. By the way, Marwin has been great this month. I called yeah. him a bust. He's not. He's- I heard he's on a article you may or may not have been posting today. Yeah, well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, Profar is the number 47 middle infielder on the player writer for the season, but that doesn't tell us much if he's going to get hot. So let me ask you some names here. Profar versus DJ LeMayhew. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with LeMayhew there. <laughs> I mean, I'm not looking at your rankings because I don't want to know. I, um, I've, I've got them pretty close, but I I don't know. There's... I'm, I'm probably being biased there. I Profar like versus Tommy Lestella. Hey, it's interesting. Lestella's on his way to 20 home runs. Leads off. I feel like at this point I gotta believe in Lestella, don't I? How about Colton Wong? I'll take Profar there. Cesar Hernandez. I'll take Cesar Hernandez there. Michael Chavis, you got to take over. Pro Chavis, far. definitely uh, over. Tatis, you got to take. How about Derek Dietrich? I'm going to take Profar over Dietrich. I'm I'm probably a Dietrich hater. Uh, I, I'm really wondering about how the Reds' positions are going to break down after Scooter Jeanette gets back. I mean, they're already showing that rotational thing between second and short. I mean, Profar is rostered in 64% of leagues, and I don't think he needs to be. Like, I, I'm surprised people are – I mean, I know he's been hot of late, but, I mean, who? what pitching did – was it Baltimore pitching? Like, I'm just like – it was Cleveland, and and they don't have a half a rotation now. So mm-hmm. I kind of think Profar – we're wasting time. Like, if you have Profar and Brendan Rodgers available in your league, go get Rodgers. Go get Hura. That's what I would do. Is it possible that, based on what Profar did last year, that he's one of those second-half players with the air quotes? I guess it's possible, but that was only one half season. And yes. the, the other thing that bothers me about Profar is the, the defense at second base, and I wonder how long Oakland can stand it. That's but a fair point. He's yeah. playing well of late, so that's good. All right. The music stopped, so I guess the show's over. <laughs> Everybody find your chair. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sitting. We're good. Okay. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> You're just trying to create new drops. There's uh, there's nothing wrong with the Baseball Tonight podcast. On Thursday's show, Buster and Boog Shambi talk about the Yankees' utter destruction of the Orioles, the Giants' rebuilding process, and a whole lot more. Plus, Pirates slugger Josh Bell joins the show to talk about the art of being a switch-hitting power hitter. Check it out on your favorite podcast app. How about that, Josh Bell? Would, c- can you believe he's going to hit 30 home runs? He might hit 40 home runs this season. He hit 12 last year. 
Yeah. 12! I, I can absolutely believe he did 30 home runs. Because two years ago, didn't he hit, what, 20, 25? something like that. Yeah. But man, that's... That's a nice change, huh? Nobody saw this extent of a rebound, but there there were signs the rebound was coming. A rebound. Um, that is all for today's fine show. We do thank you for listening to the Fantasy Focus Baseballs for the schedule. Monday is Memorial Day. Please remember why we celebrate that day. We will not be podcasting then. So the next show will be uh, in a week, Thursday, May 30th. Uh, my watch has ended for a while. Thanks to Tristan, Kyle, and Tom. Uh, be safe this holiday weekend and hope it is an awesome one. Everything is awesome. Oreos.